0: You're listening to the Frozen Fruit Podcast with LAMIA Lexicon. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on, and also give the podcast a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Frozen Fruit Pod. That is Frozen Fruit P O D Pod. You can also follow me on my social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at LamiAlexicon. Lexicon. The video for this interview will also be uploaded on my YouTube channel, or you can simply enjoy listening here. Once again, thanks for being here, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So I guess I should introduce you for the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody listening, please turn your undivided attention to our special guest for the evening, coming all the way from the frozen far north of Fairbanks, Alaska. She is the McBear queen of Fairbanks. She is the voluptuous, the tantalizing, the ever so talented, the stunning, the gorgeous, amazing, beautiful, somewhat illiterate. She can't spell very well on the phone when she's texting. Please welcome to the stage, Penny Dragful.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. All Thank those you. things were
0: true. Thank you so much for joining me on Frozen Fruit.
1: Glad to be here.
0: And now, so you are from, you've lived most of your life in Fairbanks, Alaska, correct?
1: That is correct. I spent summers outside of uh, Alaska, um, mainly every place you could think of on the East Coast. Um, but if it's not 50 below, I usually I haven't lived there. So,
0: <laughs> Right. <laughs> And so, tell me, what was it like growing up in Fairbanks as this baby drag queen, just waiting to hatch?
1: <laughs> well, at first, I didn't know that drag is what I was looking for. So, growing up, um, it was—I um, was a really creative kid. I always drew and um, was like big into like acting and stuff. I wasn't—I uh, didn't start doing theater until I was in high school, but I didn't know until probably 21 that everything I was doing before then was, it was drag, like I could do everything that I was doing before in drag. But, um, you know, I was, uh, I was a pretty fun kid. I just uh, did my schoolwork. I hated it and uh, uh, I was a little bit of a, outsider when it came to my friend group because i always like was into like lady gaga and stuff like this and my friends were like make fun of me at the time so it i didn't understand until later in life what those meant
0: right and um so you mentioned theater and theater was really what led its way to you getting into drag would you say that's fair to say
1: Yes, because uh, theater led me to Rocky Horror, which made me uh, question the art of blending gender. Because um, I was it was out of my comfort zone entirely when I started doing Rocky Horror. I was being a Transylvanian, but um, and then I worked my way slowly and got more comfortable as the years progressed. And um, Joel or catastrophe uh, was the only. Um, drag queen i knew at the time so and every year would do be frankenverter here in uh, fairbanks
0: and so tell me because i think a lot of people don't know how much of a large event and tradition rocky horror is in fairbanks so tell me about um the fairbanks rocky horror what is that like and um participating it versus audience versus being in it what is what is that experience like it
1: is like the biggest, I would say the biggest thing this town does for queer stuff. We don't really have a pride pride event that we do. We do pride shows and stuff like that, but Fair uh, Fairbanks, the entire queer community come out and celebrate this weird, really bad, but also fabulous movie that is Rocky Horror. And I've done it. I would have to say seven years now, I want to say.
0: geez, It's been a minute. That's a long time. And so what um, roles have you done in the production? <laughs> what, like, what is your repertoire of Rocky characters?
1: So I have done, I mostly have done uh, Transylvanians. Um, I have been a lead Transylvanian. I've been helped on costumes, also been Transylvanians. But the lead roles I have done, um, there's just three actually there is uh the criminologist magenta and the absolute like epitome of my entire drag career which is being dr frankenfurter um back in 2018 and golden delicious is also the frankenfurter in anchorage so her and i bounce back and forth
0: on that and so which uh, so would you consider frankenfurter your favorite role in rocky horror
1: Yes, Frankenfurter is, like, the reason people enjoy the movie. Like, he is a villain, but also amazing and speaks so much to queer individuals.
0: Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's it's funny that a small town like Fairbanks really gets its freak on for Rocky and turns out, because I I did not know it was such a large event until participating in it. And, um, you know, checking backstage and like peeling back the curtain and being like, oh crap, there's like 500 people out there in the audience. And I oh, was not expecting that.
1: <laughs> it's huge. The year that you're talking about in particular, Rachel, we were supposed to just uh, start right at midnight. We didn't end up starting in like 1245 because we got so many people in the space. And not only that, but the uh, we had to we couldn't start because we had packed so many people in we had to like give people like their money back because they're like they had to be kicked out or or are we giving them a chair because they were literally sitting on the, the stairs of the theater
0: i remember that it was like a fire code violation and yes. the uaf fire police were not joking around they were like this is in conflict with fire code this is not safe some of you people have to leave and it's like as a from a production standpoint and like a performer standpoint, it hurts so much to turn people away. I, right. um, the very first show that I organized at, in Anchorage at UAA was yeah. um, very, uh, not overbooked because we weren't selling tickets in advance, but there was a line out the door and we could not, again, fit enough people. Uh, we couldn't fit the people that were there into the room that the show was happening. And it was like, it was pretty like heartbreaking for me to like turn so many people away that turned out for like the event that I'd put so much work into, but that also means you're successful. So, you know, it's like, it's like six and one half a dozen in the other. Oh.
1: I mean, every year that I've been a part of it by this this past year with COVID and all, it has gotten bigger and bigger. And, um, Rachel who does the, um, show in Fairbanks, she, her ambitions keeps on getting bigger and bigger and uh you want to light up a tank in the middle of uh, the salisbury you got it is basically what she her attitude about it um i'm excited i can't say much because uh i know what her plans are for this upcoming year so just everyone in fairbanks and anyone outside near fairbanks you're going to want to go to it that's all i'm going to say
0: Ooh, well you heard it here first. This is a Frozen Fruit Pod exclusive. Don't miss Rocky Horror 2021. And so we okay, so we've talked about Rocky a lot now, but what was <laughs> <laughs> what was which I mean, we could literally do a whole podcast about Rocky and like analyze that movie. I that movie is so interesting in so many ways. I think
1: that would be a good I, I think that I would do that. Invite um GG or GG Goldie and uh vivisection into into that conversation. They have a ton of stuff to say about those characters, that character.
0: So tell me about finding your way to drag in Fairbanks. What piqued your interest? What caught your attention? And how did you actually get from, you know, being interested in it to actually being in on the stage in Fairbanks and it's... Yeah. So, like
1: that. I said, it was with Rocky, but um, Caravana Glam came to Fairbanks the first time in 2015, and that was the first like actual drag event that I have ever been to, and it was eye-opening and like amazing. I saw these amazing men in these fabulous garments that they made themselves too, uh, doing not just beauty glam, but like different types of queer art artistry, and it it mesmerized me and drew me into the art that is drag. And then we actually um, had a performing group in town called House of Ursa Major that I used to go to their show every every month um, leading up to, um, every month leading up to the fall of 2017, no, 2018. 2018, I kept I was going to their perf- shows every year um, for every, or every year, every month uh, for a good while. And so seeing these uh, three beautiful drag queens do this every month, they made me excited. And I was also watching, like, I'm part of that generation that watches like RuPaul's Drag Race. So I was just like, pick and choosing. And I was at home in my very first apartment like in my bedroom with a hand mirror, trying to do um, do drag with the makeup that I had. And girl, I tell you, it was not good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, I think that's kind of a given for most of us is like, you know, your first couple attempts, they're not gonna be, you know, the end all T.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. But um, it, I didn't start performing until the, that summer when um, there was the Fair, uh, Fairbanks Golden Days event and Flag did a partnership with Michael Bartels who does stuff with the court of Alaska, um, the Fairbanks branch. He had a competition drag show and like four of us uh, performed um, and I performed some uh, once upon a time evil queen number from the musical episode of that show and it was did not know it was a competition until like the end so i was like oh that's awesome i'd love to i love this and then um a little gay boy drag queen um who also started on the same day came in and had no wig no pads just came with uh busted makeup and um some high heel boots and vogued and did a hundred death drops. And who do you think won?
0: <laughs> God, I hate get little gay boys. Don't you? <laughs>
1: I mean, <laughs> they're the worst, but uh, that queen ended up being one of my, one of my favorite drag queens to perform with and stuff and we actually did a couple numbers together uh you all may know her as nb de la so we were we always started with a feud
0: lovely well that's yeah it's it's so funny like that your story is literally an outdoor show you know like in fairbanks alaska it's like not it's definitely not the in typical driveway. in a driveway it's not like the <laughs> typical first gig that someone would have and so so, you've, you then went on to become a regular performer in the Fairbanks shows. And how would you describe the Fairbanks drag scene over the last couple of years and your experience as a performer in Fairbanks?
1: So, it started off being um, I would, I've always liked to categorize like different style drags, like clicks in high school. And early House Ursa Major, when I was performing, was like the Goths. We had the front runner for Fairbanks was a someone who called herself a twisted Stepford wife and a literal uh, drag monster um, creature who would do weird makeup and make masks. So um, I would say it started there, like being like the gospel. I think it's grown into something different than that. I think we have a, a variety of different styles of drag. We have a Broadway performer, we have, um, a burlesque style um, performer we have the we have different styles of horror Uh, Grim does a um, I would say Hellraiser style of horror I do I take inspiration from like 80s slasher films um, in 90s slasher films so it just literally we have it all.
0: (laughs) I think for me that's one of the really interesting aspects of drag in Fairbanks is that like for a very small very I mean I can't underscore very 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 small drag scene there's a lot of diversity within the styles of drag and within the interests of the performers and I think that really kind of speaks to like the creativity of um I mean I kind of I kind of see being from Fairbanks myself I kind of see it as like the sort of thing that keeps us sane during the winter you know when it's like super oh, cold outside <laughs> it's super dark like we're all just sort of like in the zone with our projects and our like ideas but i mean i don't know i mean well i guess i do know i mean you're the one who's done like 200 days of drag in a row and it, um,
1: was, it was 100 days but that actually is um that 100 days of drag actually got me a big name in in barebanks and actually got me my spot in the house ursa major so
0: and so what did 100 days of drag entail for those who might not be familiar
1: <laughs> um it is doing 100 continuous different makeup looks for you guessed it the 100 days
0: so you mean to tell me that for 100 days you sat at home and spent two to three hours on your makeup two to three to four to five to six to whatever it was per day for a hundred days yes that is that is an insane commitment and what type of growth and like changes do you see in your style like over that time period
1: I feel like it it got a little bit more polished and uh, my ideas were coming through more at the end of the 100 days when I started doing drag I feel like with everyone um we do like these giant cat eyes and um try to go from there and so throughout my drag makeup process it is definitely moved from not just that look I can do that look kind of doing that look right now but um but I can go and do different things. And I got to practice like different special effects things I've always wanted to do during that 100 days. It um, It was definitely a journey.
0: That's like one of the things I also wanted to ask you about because you do all of these crazy special effects makeups with blood and gore and burns. And all of this gruesome and interesting and twisted stuff. And how do you teach yourself as a person, you know, who's grown up in Fairbanks, who lives in Fairbanks, you know, how does an individual teach themselves how to do all those types of things?
1: Lots and lots of YouTube videos. I watch uh, multiple different FX uh, artists on YouTube. And I feel like that's how anyone else in small towns learn how to do it. Um, and I do a trial and error and, um, you buy a at the Halloween store every year, you buy a jug of latex the last year till the next next time that store is open and uh, you you get yourself some coffee and you go crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I, I do think that's so important with drag is to like have, the discipline and the interest and the passion to teach yourself new things and always be, that is something that I've always really appreciated about your drag is you're like constantly changing and trying new things and experimenting and you're not, you know, pigeonholed into one type of idea or one type of look. That's not like a, this is what Penny Dragful is. It's like, this is what Penny Dragful is. Penny Dragful is anything, you know?
1: Well, thank you. Cause uh, early Penny, a lot of people, um, would tell me like, oh, you love your makeup, but it's always the same look, the same eye shape, different colors. So I really have been trying for the past year to move past like, oh, you're just,
0: you're, you can do the same eye every time. So tell me about what is the history of drag in Fairbanks? You know, you have this small little town, it's about 30,000 people within the city limits, about 100,000 in the metropolitan area. What? how long has drag been going on in Fairbanks and what ways has it, um, existed?
1: So I believe, I'm not 100% sure how long it's existed in this town. I've done my own math and like trying to figure it out. Uh, I've heard, talked to many people who are much older than us in the community to, try, uh, kind of pinpoint that there, uh, was a group called Klondike Kings and Queens in the nineties and early two thousands. Um, and they had their own drag performance space and i guess that kind of got shut down and stuff um but then the court of all alaska has always been like the key thing in in fairbanks to my knowledge
0: so just to clarify you're talking about the the imperial court
1: yeah sorry okay. i did um the imperial court of all alaska um my, my i i forget people don't know what i mean when i say the
0: court I, I mean like just two drag queens talking to each other we know what you mean when you mean the court but you know to a viewer they might think that we have like a court date or like a parking ticket we got to take care of <laughs> i actually
1: got jur- i
0: actually have jury duty tomorrow so oh no right? no, no no i'm joking <laughs> oh okay i was like i thought that was suspended because of covid shit <laughs> well uh so carry on the I imperial mean, court I... was a key so oh. here's
1: Here's how I'm going to fix the judicial system. You put everyone on these screens, like we're doing right now, and you put their uh, monitors in the jury uh, space, and then that's how you do jury duty during COVID.
0: And then they just, you know, like vote job. them up or down. Done. It is what it is. Everyone go home. Done. See, yeah, they should handle. He- they should hire drag queens to just run the government. Things would be done efficiently.
1: I feel efficiently. like that would. I feel like that would work more um, than. <laughs> how it's been going right now so i mean
0: everything would be held together with duct tape and spirit gum but we'd get it done
1: <laughs> i feel like that's how things are being held right now
0: you could be right so, about
1: that um and i have no business being in charge of any type of government so um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well so speaking of government and the court and the imperial court of all alaska you were talking about the history of dragon fairbanks
1: Yes. So, uh, for so towards the end of like, I don't know when, but I'm guessing like mid to late t- 2000s, early to, uh, 2010s, there was no drag in Fairbanks at all. Um, they would always do the occasional like event uh, every now and then, but um, that's from what I gathered from everyone else, that's the chunk of time that there was no drag. And, in this town and then the house ursa major happened and that's when everything kind of started booming again and now um well, here we are
0: <laughs> it is really interesting the way things ebb and flow and like different groups form and then break up and you know you've been a consistent part of the Fairbanks drag scene the last couple years not a couple years but last i think you've been doing drag about five years right would that be correct oh
1: not yet not uh, yet um, Close, I'm coming though. up on my four-year anniversary of drag
0: okay well what is the audience like in fairbanks alaska
1: i feel like they're a little harder um than most drag i've only performed in one other town um but i feel like you have to really like they they won't cheer for you if you're just going to do a simple like number you have to like wow them because i mean this town is like cold desperate and so they need the wow factor a lot of the times is how i feel
0: Right. So they're not just gonna be impressed by walking out on stage and standing and lip syncing and looking good. They want like an experience.
1: Yeah, and that's how I would uh categorize the audience members. Um and most shows I've been to, the more um the more memorable you are, the more people are gonna tell I mean people still talk about me put, throwing white chocolate on my body
0: two years ago. So tell me about what would someone expect if they went to go see Penny Dragful at a drag show? Because you do have a unique style and you like using lots of props and really like giving the audience a full experience. So tell me about your inspirations and what you'd think about when you're constructing a performance.
1: Something Vivisection told me when I was starting out. Who Vivisection and Bianca Fusion are kind of like my drag mentors. I don't really have a mother but uh, the section told me, what is the story you're trying to tell? And I didn't have a story. I was just going to do a drag thing. And then um, they told me that I need to think about that. And the concepts and the themes would come a lot more easier. And ever since then, they have. Like, I've always had a story to tell. And a lot of my drag is inspired by uh, Tim Burton films and slasher films of the 80s and 90s like i like looking like either a monster or that like girl that gets slashed at the in the beginning of the movie like
0: i love that and it's it's so interesting to see like the inspirations in all of your performances and stuff and you've done i've seen you do numbers where you're like a cannibal like carrying around the parts of their like husband i've seen you do ones where you're like eating dollar bills and, you know, doing things to freak out the audience and pouring Pre-COVID. things on yourself. <laughs> pre COVID, exactly. We should all predicate all of this with pre COVID. But I mean, I, there, I may
1: not be doing some of those things anymore, like eating dollar bills. But if you go to a, dra- a penny dragful show, you're going to see me getting weird, um, being gross a little bit. Um, or being like funny and beautiful. It's, it's, uh, you never see the same thing twice for me, I wanna say, Um, not to toot my own horn.
0: And for you, the look is very important with your drag. You're always doing a different look um, from head to toe, you know, different makeup, different wigs, different clothing. And so, what about that? You know, is that, a, is it, do you condition yourself? Like, are you like, I need to look different every show, or is it just sort of, what's your drive with that?
1: I feel like it enter, it's enter, more entertaining if I look different every time. And it, I don't want to bore myself. And um, I've done a look cute. Like, now, how can I improve from that? It's my thought process.
0: Well, and I think you touched on something that is pretty interesting, which is that with drag, you're not necessarily only performing for the audience, but it also is, you know, an act of self-expression. And you're also not performing for yourself, but, you know, it is kind of like, it's almost like self-care in a way, like the expression and like the artistic license with drag. And do you find that with your drag? Is it, is it personal when you're, when you get on stage or when you're conveying something? (laughs)
1: Oh yeah. When I lip sync, I like to be in that moment and give emotion, uh, and whatever I'm feeling with that song or inside what kind of like personal angered, uh, feelings I have. I like to express that and channel that through lip syncing.
0: Touched a little bit about it, but what has COVID been like? How has COVID impacted you as a performer and as a drag queen? What was, you know, how have you handled it and what, in what ways has it changed the way you approach drag?
1: So, I mean, with the digital shows, um, well, first off when we started the COVID stuff is also when an up and coming uh, group in here in Fairbanks that I'm a part of uh, Klondike drag happened. So we never got that chance to do an actual in-person show. So, um, which was kind of a bummer, but um, we kind of, we grew and ever since, COVID happen, it's, it's been isolating, but it's been nice because we've been, I've been focusing on shows and like creating these digital numbers and stuff like that and helping produce these upcoming shows. So it's, it's been okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm struggling like the rest of everyone.
0: You are a frontline worker, you know, who works with customers every day and interacts with people. What has that been like in the context of COVID and all of this craziness?
1: Lord, I have had, and it, I don't know how people in other towns are, but it, this is a very conservative town. And people, this is like, you. people go into Walmart with their guns on their, their um, attached to their pants and shit like that. Um, people... Um, do not like being told what to do. People want what they want. And if we don't have what they want, they get angry. It's dealing with a bunch of uh, um, angry Karens basically. But during the beginning of the pandemic, we closed our store down. But then when we opened back up, people were expecting that it would be back to normal. They were upset that because I work at a makeup store and we had to tape all our testers no one could use a tester and we're also salon and by the state requirement you are required to do uh you are required for your customers to wear a mask and a lot of people in the beginning were vicious about that like if you do not have a mask you cannot be in our store that is our policy um and A lot of people were like, oh, you're taking our rights away, um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, How dare you? Uh, I have asthma and stuff like this. Uh, Nowadays, every store requires that now. So it's not as bad. And we now give out those masks because we got so many complaints that we weren't doing that. But even during Christmas, I was like, this is a lot.
0: It's so annoying, the lack of like common decency that people have. For me, that's one thing where I constantly have i have this love hate relationship with fairbanks you know and being from fairbanks it's like you know we we're like fairbanks pride we got to hate on anchorage people anchorage is not better than us but at the same time you know not comparing just the two of those but just as a queer person living somewhere that is largely conservative and you touched on that a little bit what um for you what has your experience been like as a loud and proud you know queer person drag queen living and working in fairbanks
1: I mean, I don't think people really care. Um, I have had the haters like say stuff to me and it has bothered me a few times, but not not to the point. Like I have gone to, even pre-COVID, I was going to Walmart in full drag and that's just like, oh, it's just another character you see in Walmart. I think I've noticed people be more aware of my appearance down when i would visit anchorage um so that was uh always kind of like j- jarring things i used to uh wear whatever hell i want here and no one would give care but like there i have like neon colored hair or just like not wig but actual hair and they're like oh he's weird. Let's give him a weird look.
0: (laughs) You know, that's so funny. And oh my gosh, if I think, I think if there's one thing that you could put on a poster to market yourself, it'd be Penny Dragful, another character you might see at Walmart. (laughs) 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 I love that. But you know, it is interesting because I kind of feel the same way about Fairbanks where like, I don't, go around and feel like endangered or anything like that like I don't feel unsafe in Fairbanks but it's also just like you like low-key know that you're amongst like a lot of Trumpy people that like are not gonna vote for you to have rights and like other stuff like that so it's kind of it's kind of like we're left alone but we're also not particularly supported as like queer people in Fairbanks.
1: And I would 100% agree with that it's we're this town is just like you're. You're fine doing what you're doing, but if you uh, stand up against, uh, say what you believe, you're going to get shut down.
0: I think that is a really interesting take, and you and I have both been around for situations where, um, not partisan Republican versus Democrat type of things, but where people with different ideas have in the performance community have really been at each other's throats and very vicious to each other and you know downright nasty on social media and you know in person and it is kind of shocking sometimes how much conflict can exist within a small community but then again
1: 100
0: (laughs) i don't know i mean do you want to comment on any of that or am i just Um, fishing
1: (laughs) well i think that it i think that this town is really cold and um so i think certain people that we know of kind of were um clapped back at that situation and not took it in a good way and it escalated into a larger uh, uh, thing that it actually was. Um, I actually um, feel like the um, those people and that person, I'm not going to say any names, um, but they, they still are at each other's uh, throats to this day.
0: You know, and it's like, it's so unfortunate because there's really no need for that, but I think it kind of speaks to, um, oh, God, I had a thought and now I'm losing it. How do you feel about
1: that scenario?
0: You know, it's um, I am not like a super conflict or drama oriented person. Like I do have conflicts with people because I I do stand up for myself and like I will um, step up when I see something wrong that's happening, especially to my friends. But for me, like, community and being involved in, like, things like shows and productions and, like, drag and stuff, that's, like, that, there's, like, space for everybody. And, like, there, I don't see that there the, to be the need for conflict at such a local level when it's, like, girl, we're not, like, this isn't showgirls. We're not, like, fighting for a spot on, like, the Vegas Strip. Like, it's, like, this is fair. No, if, like, more... to...
1: <laughs> if anything, we're more showgirls, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Showgirls, two penny for pennies from heaven, which, by the way, is one of the worst movies ever. I, I want to know what Rena Riffle was thinking when she created that movie because it's, it's like four hours long and it looks like it was shot on like a camcorder.
1: Every scene, I swear to God, of that movie was like the beginning of a really bad porn.
0: Absolutely. Like it in like the worst campy, it was like, it was like almost so bad that it was good, but then it was just too long, you know? Cause like I can, I mean, we're drag queens, we can appreciate some camp, but like, girl, you gotta at least keep my attention. It was
1: only a two hour long movie and it, uh, we got like an hour into it. And I was like, I feel like I've been here for forever. Like
0: Exactly. <laughs> so regarding conflict in, LGBTQ community specifically, but kind of the larger performance community in general in Fairbanks, which intersects quite a bit with the LGBTQ queer community. I think one of the interesting things that I've noticed and observed throughout my time being involved in this community is that as performers, as drag queens, and as these people, you know, visible doing these things, there's like a burden of responsibility that's placed on you. And it is not necessarily fair that you are asked to represent the community, but there is a burden and an expectation and like a social pressure. There's people, you know, that are looking at what you're doing and saying and acting on in your words, your accent, actions and on social media, and they might be a little hypercritical. But I think that kind of just speaks to the importance that local performers have in small communities, which is that, you know, we don't have a lot of leaders. We don't have a lot of community. We don't actually even have an actual physical space that's dedicated for us. There's not a gay bar here. There's not a queer space. So people kind of look to the performers and they can be hypercritical, but I think that's also just because there's really, there's, not, there's, there's nothing else there to, to look to for, um, leadership is not the, the right word but to look to for you know a sense of um community for lack of a better word
1: I would agree I think that this um this town definitely is lacking in that kind of stuff and you know uh being a part of these shows you're not just uh, like other cities you're just you can be a, you focus more on yourself but here you have to like be a producer uh editor um think about like everyone as a whole and how to like you're a stage manager, director, producer, uh, and the choreographer all, all at once. <laughs> you're your own production.
0: <laughs> right, like I would say there's no such thing as somebody in a place like Fairbanks who is like just a performer. There's nobody who like shows up, does their number, and like cashes out and leaves. It's like everybody is like involved in this in some way or another, you know?
1: I would agree. You have to be like involved. I mean, even through digital, I would consider everyone involved has to do their part in like getting the word out because that's how I do shows like this.
0: I think that really speaks to how drag has survived throughout um, COVID and throughout these digital shows is the fact that it's such a personal thing. That makes use of everyone's personal networks of like their their friends, family, and coworkers, and that really is that's the real audience, you know, of people that oh, yeah. are interested and have um their their stakeholders within the local scene, you know, because they actually know and care about the performers.
1: God, remember those days when you just could like go there and like you spend the entire day setting up and like uh, a show and. Nowadays, it's like, oh, you're gonna film a number, maybe one part of that number, but during a live show, it's like every. Um, I'm not. I have no idea what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I missed live performing. Is what I mean.
0: <laughs> I know, no. I I think what you were trying to say is like, it, it's really just it's a whole different game, you know, live shows it, it really versus is. versus the internet and these recorded numbers.
1: I mean, you're you're you have to think of. For me, I was like thinking of makeup that would work for every part, every one of my looks. Um, and think of that and then go backstage, rip off the wig, throw that stuff on. And by the time I am finished, I have to go back on stage. Where here I'm like, oh, I can do a visual thing where I can film this look with an entire, its own entirely thing. And then I could go and do this other thing on another day
0: exactly and so there's both like pros and cons of it because you can space it out and you know work at it at your own pace but then also i personally kind of feel like to do digital drag well is more work than doing in-person drag well but you know it's 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 a different different kind of
1: dynamic and we have some performers in this town that are like starting out and god bless them they are um they don't know, They never really got the experience of an in person show. So all they know is the digital life. So
0: isn't that funny? There's a whole new generation of like COVID baby drag queens, and it's kind of like I think like pre people used to you know call like the social media girls or like the Miss Fames or like the whatever it's like the the people who predominantly did drag on social media and didn't really perform. They're like you know the internet queens, and now it's like. The internet queens got the upper hand with COVID, you know, because it's like they I was already just knew. just going to say,
1: I feel like, <laughs> and it's funny because in this community and any community I've seen, there are certain performers that um, have tried digital drag and it wasn't their tea. So they had, they're just waiting for things to go back into place if they ever do. But there's also performers that have thrived with um, digital drag. And it's actually, it's wonderful to see how um the variety of people actually thriving through um this platform
0: i think one thing that's kind of cool with it is like um a large part of drag success is like relationship building and that's both a good and a bad thing because it's like you can i mean like it's very important for performers to be nice and courteous and polite to like you know people who they meet audience members or people they might you know connect with and build connections so that you know you can get gigs like I mean basically what I'm trying to say is people have to like you to want to work with you there is an aspect of like popularity contest with drag where it's like the girl with the most friends gets the most gigs and digital drag has kind of flipped the script a little bit to where it's like Maybe you don't. Maybe you're not the most popular in your local scene, but you have a lot of internet friends, and you're getting all types of gigs all around the country, or all, you're in all types of digital shows. You know,
1: I agree with that 100. I feel like um, networking for if you're a drag queen, you have to network. That's just that's just the real team. Um, you have to, you have to be. Um, you have to. Something Frieza Devos taught me about being a network is you have to think about the audience as much as the performers and live performing you would have to like you uh, in during intermission i saw that bitch at shows like talking to the audience making sure that they were like having fun and taking pictures with them and then uh in an entirely different look so stuff like that um i definitely think a lot of performers have to think about but with the digital platform it's an entirely different strategy because you have to the only thing that people know of from you is your quality of your video so if you have a good quality video you're and know these people you're going to get in other shows
0: right no it's it's so different and it's 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 interesting I think what you said about networking is like so important and it's like that's what a lot of you know, baby drag queens and new drag queens don't understand is like, it's not like you're going to show up on the scene and like, you know, oh, I'm the prettiest. And like, I'm like, you know, the thinnest or whatever. It's like, girl, no, like you, you, you have to pay your dues and you have to build relationships with people. And there's a lot of trust in drag. There's trust that, you know, that you're going to show up and you're going to commit and you're going to hold pull your weight in the show there's trust that you're gonna 100 there's trust that you're not gonna go out on stage and embarrass you know the, your performance group because you know there's different things you can do to really upset or offend an audience there's ways in which you can behave that are not really appropriate for certain situations and you really have to gauge quite a bit about that I think what's funny about drag is that drag is kind of seen as like debauchery and like sort of this like crazy thing and like this whatever but you really do have to have a solid head on your shoulders in order to thrive in the different weird environments that drag will put you through
1: oh 100 i feel like drag is going in a different direction because of shows like dragula and rupaul's drag race and other kind of shows like that it's like sports events now but um
0: I know, right? There's like so many different countries that was coming out with their own drag race seasons now that I'm just like, I can't keep up with this. This is ridiculous. Know,
1: drag meant is, like I said, changing. Um, so a lot more people are uh, more accepting when it comes to drag nowadays, I feel like, than they did back in the day. I mean, you see an episode of Sex in the City and the drag queens are like the comedy joke in there. But then you have drag queens being aside lady gaga in a star is born now and being invited to the oscars so it's it's definitely a dynamic and it it, it's because of shows like dragula and rupaul's drag
0: race it's so true and you know it's like what would be a miss to not mention in this conversation is tiktok has really had such a huge drag influence like there is a lot of drag entertainers and drag gender variant performers gender you know like there's kings and queens and what we would call bio queens or hyper queens and all types of non-binary people that really have like found a community and thrived on TikTok and built built massive followings much larger than um, entertainers who actually have been on you know traditional seasons of like a cable television show like RuPaul's Drag Race and it, it's really interesting to see the change in the online community.
1: I enjoy watching a ton of those uh, videos on uh while i'm in the bathroom so you know it's
0: <laughs> that's where you get your little community update when you're on the toilet
1: <laughs> yeah i get all my updates on uh the newest barbie trend with scarlet crypt and um
0: i know no i mean like scarlet's a good example of like um i think thriving. scarlet she is thriving she has something crazy like 30 30 plus thousand 40, followers on tiktok i don't even know
1: it's insane. I'm almost up to a thousand myself, and I'm like, holy shit. And I do weird, sh- I just do random shit all the time. Like, but <laughs> scarlet, I love scarlet Crip so much that um, her videos are like all about Barbie and stuff nowadays. But um, I am learning so much facts I didn't know I needed to know about Barbies <laughs> through watching scarlet Crip.
0: You know, and I think that that kind of speaks to like, um, People are looking to drag queens now for other types of entertainment besides just being a queen and being, you know, the like the interesting thing or the joke yourself. Like, it's like people are looking to drag queens for their thoughts on things for the history on things you know whether that's you know you might someone might minimize it and be like oh she's just talking about dolls but you know she's educating people she's speaking with a subject as an authority and people are looking to her as an authority as a drag queen which it's cool
1: we have a platform now that um i mean we always have this kind of platform but i feel like now we have a bigger platform where we can talk about certain things um, like we are being a comic relief for people. We can have a message uh, to tell people and, or like educate people on history or dolls or American horror story.
0: It always goes back to TV shows with this one and American horror story you know, and I, <laughs> the essential references.
1: I mean, I have a lot of references to movies and television, um, but um, I... I don't go out like you know pre-COVID everyone's like oh it's terrible you can't go to the bar I'm like what did did I want to go to to the rodeo and like do a two-step like no thank you ma'am I'm in a I got American Horror Story to watch like
0: (laughs) I'm kind of in the same boat as you of where like I can be social if I need to be but I'm perfectly happy staying at home and you know playing sims 3 and doing whatever <laughs> like I mean, i'm good
1: <laughs> i mean, i've always kind of been that way i've never been that The i've been a social butterfly and doing like stuff but i feel more comfortable being social when it comes to like a show that i'm a part of or um stuff like that i've never like gone to a bar and got wasted and that kind of like speaks to like my childhood too because i grew up with uh alcohol being kind of a negative thing around my life so um I guess that's kind of um uh, been, been me I, I never like I have there like i count on how my hand how many times I've gotten extremely drunk
0: you know and that is like um a subject that really hits home with I think a lot of queer people and a lot of people in and orbiting around the drag scene and the bar scene because Alcohol is such a factor in drag, you know? It's like, it's kind of like the thing for the audience to, you know, go to the drag show and get wasted or like, you know, it's, it, but how as an entertainer do you navigate being in a space that involves a lot of alcohol? Do you partake? Do you not partake? What is like your, what is your MO with um, drinking and performance?
1: I would, I always have a rule of one drink for show. Usually a bar will have, and this also adds to my addiction, but I actually have an addiction to soda. So um, bars will give out soda for free usually. So everywhere I performed has always given me a free soda, but I always like, there's always that free drink that you get with your performance, at least here in Fairbanks. Um, but I would do one drink and then uh, take a couple sips throughout the day but always have that soda or tea um with me. So, I've seen people get really sloppy drunk at uh, shows and it's just not cute.
0: Right. And it's like I've never known you to be that queen that has a couple drinks too many and is suddenly a mess. Not in public. <laughs> not in public. <laughs> she keeps it cute. Well, um Penny, thank you so much for joining me. And is there what, um, t- I guess I, I don't want to let you go because it's we're having so much fun chatting, but we have been talking about an hour now. So I guess before oh, we- really? as we
1: Wow, it, doesn't even feel, it feels like we just started.
0: I know, right? We can blab forever. Before we let you go, what is on the horizon for Penny Dragful and what do you have in the upcoming future that we can look forward to?
1: So I am moving on up and- out of this small town, not that, uh, that it's a bad town. It's just, I feel like I've kind of grown too comfortable in this town. And so I am moving to Anchorage and I'm going to see how things go there and really just try to push myself to be a better performer. I think this is the first time I've actually said this publicly.
0: (laughs) I know. I think this might be a frozen fruit pod exclusive announcement. Penny Dragful is relocating to Anchorage and we're going to be so sad to lose you in Fairbanks, but we're wishing you all the best. And I mean, you really have done almost everything there is to do performance wise in Fairbanks. You know, you've done, you know, you've done theater, you've done Rocky horror, you've done cabaret shows, you've done, burlesque stuff you've done things at dive bars you've done things at theaters so you've directed you've produced (laughs) um
1: i've um i've sat with uh this other drag queen at at a bar called uh, myrna's marlin and gotten really drunk and uh played burlesque bingo
0: (laughs) i don't know what drag queen you could be referring to it's definitely not this one
1: favorite moment is when you and i were just sitting there shouting out rachel and rachel's just shouting at us again but she has the mic so why is she shouting
0: <laughs> oh my god i know and for an audience of like eight people that are there <laughs> eight, people. <laughs> eight people 30 below and we're like okay this is what it is but we're gonna make it fun
1: if you're performing at the marlin with the, this one you need a duck and cover because she will throw hard candy at you <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I am so excited to see what Anchorage brings for you with your performance and your drag, and you know it's going to be you know Fairbanks won't be the same without you, but you're gonna you know you'll be back, I'm sure, and you're always welcome to come no, back. Man,
1: I'm not, I yeah I I'll be back eventually. It's not like yeah I mean I'm not gonna be permanently coming back,
0: but right. I meant that you'll you know you'll find your way back to us and you'll pop back up to visit when you can and anchorage is really not that far away from fairbanks we like to pretend that there's a huge divide between the communities but it's all alaska you know so we're all in this together
1: it really is i mean it's only like a six hour drive away so
0: and that's the most alaskan thing you can say it's only a six hour drive away
1: (laughs) unless you get stuck in iditarod traffic like me and nick last year Um,
0: No, it turned into
1: a 10 hour drive from Anchorage. It was not fun.
0: (laughs) For real. Oh my goodness. Well, folks, if you're listening, you can follow Penny Dragful on Instagram, on TikTok, on, I don't think you're on Twitter, but you are on Facebook and you can also find her.
1: I have no business being on Twitter when I can't spell myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you also can watch her dragful reviews on YouTube for makeup videos and tutorials. And Penny, thank you so much for joining me this evening. It's been lovely to chat with you and catch up with you.
1: Yeah, it was so much fun. I miss you here in, uh, in this cold dark city
0: of ours. (laughs) Once again, thank you so much and (laughs) have a great night.
1: Farewell.
0: Alvitre saying goodbye. (laughs) Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to stop the recording. Thanks for joining me today on Frozen Fruit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give us a like and follow on our social media. Additionally, if you have any feedback or suggestions for future interviews, please get in touch with me over social media or by gmail at lamialexicon at gmail.com. Once again, hope you enjoyed the episode and have a great rest of your day. Bye! Thanks for joining me today on Frozen Fruit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give us a like and follow on our social media. Additionally, if you have any feedback or suggestions for future interviews, please get in touch with me over social media or by gmail at lamialexicon at gmail.com. Once again, hope you enjoyed the episode and have a great rest of your day. Bye!